Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. We are New York on New York's Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now it's Rich Valdez. All right, New York, what's going on? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, and we are right here smack dab in the middle of the New York City, a couple of floors above Midtown Manhattan, great view, the sun's about to set. It's Sunday afternoon, it's a little bit overcast, and I'm not giving a newscast, but I'm just trying to set the scene because it's been a hectic weekend for me. I literally came in super hot right off the highway from from D.C., and I'm going to give you an update on everything that we did down there. However, let me give you our phone number, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-WABC, that's 9222. And there's a few things that we're going to get into today, starting with these hot spots that are blowing up all over the city and the Orthodox Jewish community filing a lawsuit against the state of New York for violating their constitution. I thought that was a pretty interesting one, and that started on Friday, and we talked a little bit about it uh, on the 11 o'clock show, but I'm realizing as I'm sitting here at 5 p.m., live at 5 o'clock with you all, the great listeners of WABC, that I have not spoken with you guys since last Sunday, and it has been quite a bit of a blur, so I'm going to go through a few different things, but one of the things that we got going on tomorrow is the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett. Amy Coney Barrett is going to be starting the process of getting grilled by senators in the Senate Judiciary Committee. I'm looking forward to it because, you know, this is my sport. I live for this stuff. So I can't wait to see how she defends herself. She's a really tough cookie. And I don't mean to call her a cookie because she's a woman. It's a, it's a colloquialism. I would call her a tough cookie if she was a dude. I'm just saying I think she's tough. Now, a couple of other things. This weekend... The president, Donaldus Magnus, El Trumpito, El Presidente, Donald J. Trump, the 45th president of these United States, he had his first post-COVID, we're not going to call it a rally, we're going to call it uh, an event. He gave remarks to a very large group of people, and I was part of this group of people, but that's not the story. The, uh, the real story was what he talked about and the fact that he gave this talk. And the, the I'm not going to say the... the I'm going to say the lengths that they went through to make sure that people were safe. Even though despite, you know, the criticism that you may see in the media with regard to did you do enough of this, did you do enough of that with social distancing and whatnot and masks and all of these things, I can tell you this. Uh, I want to talk about that towards the end of the show, the, uh, the whole back the blue event at the White House. So – I want to jump into a conversation that I got into over there, which I thought was interesting. And this conversation was fascinating because it was the group that put on this event in Washington was a group of conservative um, pro-police African-Americans known as the Blexit Foundation. Now, the Blexit folks are in touch with another group called Lexit. 
the Latino exit from the Democrat Party. And they were also there, and they're the ones that invited me. So big shout-out to Blexit and Lexit. But the, the point of the story is they're there supporting law enforcement, and you have a bunch of Hispanics, Latinos, and Latinas. And it's really interesting because you get into all these fun conversations. So I... I Walked into one conversation where the one girl, she's Puerto Rican, she's telling the story and she's saying, no, because toxic max masculinity is not the same as machismo. And I thought to myself, hmm, that's interesting because one might suspect that machismo and toxic masculinity, whatever that may be, are one and the same, that they might be synonymous. So... I, you know, kind of did the fly on the wall approach, kind of like the debates. And we're going to get to debates before I forget that. But they're having this conversation. They're going back and forth with the one girl saying, well, I think toxic masculinity is a bad thing. But I think machismo is a good thing. And and it's always interesting to see people have a discussion or an argument because oftentimes people may say the exact same thing to one another, but because they're not talking with one another or speaking at one another, they just speak right past each other. So I think they were both saying the same thing, that part of the Hispanic culture, and this is very fitting because, you know, we're nearing the end of Hispanic Heritage Month, is, you know, for this macho culture. That's how uh, my dad was raised. He was a very macho kind of guy. Live radio, folks. Sorry about that. I didn't find the cough button in time. So we talk about toxic masculinity and how it, it – it, is that the same? And that's a question that I have for the callers and I'd love to get your input on it. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222 because to me they're not one and the same or maybe they are. I think there are so many cultural differences and to put people into a monolith to say that – yeah, sure, this is the same because in this culture it's one way and in that culture it's the exact same way when it may not in fact be the same way. So I tend to always kind of go against the monolithic approach where everybody's got to kind of do the same thing, think the same thing, not my thing. But that was a really interesting topic. So I'm hoping if there's any women in the audience tonight that are interested in speaking about that, I'd love to really get your thoughts because I know my perspective on it. I think you know men, men should be as manly as they want to be. And as, as they are, you know, whether you're John Wayne or not. And I think we can make a separate topic or a separate argument over the idea, should we uh, let go of the old John Wayne stereotype or no? I don't know. Now, moving along to that, there is a incredibly good movie that's coming up. Uh, actually, it just came out yesterday by Dinesh D'Souza. And it's called The Trump Card, trumpcardthemovie.com, trumpcardthemovie.com. And Dinesh has made a bunch of really, really good documentary films. He's made uh, the one about Obama. It's called Obama's America, Hillary's America. He's an expert filmmaker over the years. He's really perfected the craft. And his most recent documentary, The Trump Card, explains a lot about what Trump is doing in his second term, how has socialism affected our society and in many ways, toxic masculinity and machismo or the disappearance of machismo are in fact part and parcel of this leftward lurch that our society has taken. So that's really 
I think, uh, an interesting part of this as well. But Dinesh also goes into, in depth, explaining the idea when you hear me joke around and say, where's Hunter? And I'm talking about Hunter Biden. And of course, Hunter Biden, and this is my opinion, based on the information that is out there, publicly available reporting. When you think of Hunter Biden and people say, oh, you know, right away there's a diversion. Oh, but the Trump kids, forget about the Trump kids because these people are entrepreneurs and I'm going to get into that with Dinesh D'Souza who's coming up in a little bit. But the most important thing I want to talk about is how is it and why does it happen? Well, in fact, the Chinese have made a uh, an established practice, I guess we're going to call this, of saying, let's just presume today our engineer extraordinaire, Get Loose Bruce, is on the board. Let's just say we wanted to influence Get Loose Bruce. China wanted China. China wants to influence Bruce. What do they do? Well, they might go to Bruce's brother or his family members and say, hey, listen, we can't really slide Bruce an envelope, but we can slide you the envelope and then you guys work it out on your own. And here, in effect, is how you have Hunter Biden, who, and I don't mean to insult him, but uh, an individual that's suffering from addiction, he's been hospitalized for rehab 19 times for his crack cocaine addiction. How does he land this super mega, duper, incredible consulting gig in multiple countries? And it just so happens to be in all the same countries that his dad, the vice president, made some relationships in. It doesn't take too much thinking to say, you know what, maybe he's not really earning that money. Maybe they're hitting off Joe Biden by way of Hunter. So that gets explained in depth in the documentary and Dinesh gets into that as well. So I want you to keep it locked right here because we are going to get into a whole lot of things. But first, I want to get into a little housekeeping item because I keep I'm going to fault myself with not doing enough shameless self-promotion. At Rich Valdez on Twitter, at Rich Valdez on Parlor. I, I do these things slip my mind. And that's Valdez with an S. But what I really wanted to plug was our sister station, WABC, is now amplified. You thought these 50,000 watts here in New York City that reach everywhere were super duper? Well, check it out. We are in Puerto Rico. They say high through. We are now more high through than ever. Because now we're reaching out to the Hamptons, and you hear that all day long on Talk Radio 107.1. And I get the opportunity to be with you guys on Eastern Long Island and everybody else that's listening on that stream or on the air in Eastern Long Island on Talk Radio 107.1 every day at 11 o'clock. So make sure you check that out. But, again, I want your feedback. 1-800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Keep it locked right there. When we come back, Dinesh D'Souza. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. We are New York, talking about what matters to you on New York's Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, it's Rich Valdez. This is America. All right, America, as promised, we have the filmmaker of Hillary's America, of Barack Obama's America, and the brand new film, Trump Card, DVD available Tuesday, film on Friday. Dinesh D'Souza, welcome to This Is America. Hey, thanks. Great to be on the show. You got it, brother. So I want to talk about a couple of things. One of the things that I want to get into is, 
you lay out a whole lot of what the president should do based on what he's done thus far for his second term. I guess help the listeners understand how you're outlining that in the film. Well, the film um, begins by uh, answering the mysterious question of how socialism, one of the most discredited ideas of history that was tried 25 times in the last century and failed every time, has suddenly made a comeback. We look at the unique type of socialism that the left is pushing, which is not just an economic confiscation, but also this cultural Marxism, this indoctrination through the schools and through the media. Uh, and we look at why this is so evil and how we should stop it. Um, and then we look forward, even beyond Trump, to um, what we need to do. Because uh, think about it, these institutions controlled by the left from the media to academia to Hollywood and the entertainment industry, uh, those re- will remain a serious problem um, beyond the Trump election because they affect every election. A hundred percent. And I think one of the things that really uh, stands out from the trailer that I watched was how you and others, I think you brought in a lot of really good experts. I once had an incredible conversation with Peter Schweizer at a party, and I was like, man, that's fascinating. To hear a similar type of conversation with you in the film, I thought was great because you've got, you know, both of you that are up to speed on what's going on, taking things apart. And there's a part of the trailer that I, I viewed that I want to play Uh, audio clip of to get your reaction on so that you can kind of pivot in that direction. Listen to this. Let's turn to Hunter Biden. In 2013, Hunter Biden accompanies his father, Joe Biden, vice president of the United States, to China to invest in the Chinese economy in ways that are not typically open to Western investors. It is in our self-interest that China continue to prosper. So that is from the film. I think it's timely, being that there's a lot of breaking news going on with respect to Joe Biden, Hunter Biden. So help unravel that part of the film as well. Yeah, you know, Trump alluded to this when he asked uh, Biden in the first debate, did your son get $3.5 million from a Russian oligarch? But Trump doesn't lay out the sort of storyline behind it. And the storyline behind it is that the Bidens, like the Clintons, have had a long racket. The Clintons was a, was a sort of racket through the foundation. If you wanted favors, you put money into the Clinton Foundation. Biden's approach is different. When he goes on foreign policy trips under the Obama administration, he would always take a family member with him, his brother James Biden, his other brother Frank Biden, or his son Hunter Biden. And while Biden was having official meetings, his son or his brothers would be cutting side deals with these government officials to transfer large amounts of money into the Biden family. This has been going on. This is how the Bidens went from zero to $100 million on a government salary. So this has been a deeply corrupt guy, and he has never been held to account for it. In fact, even at the debate, he's like, none of this has been proven. You know, it's been discredited. And all he means by discredited is his friends in the media and the so-called fact-checking sources have covered up for him. But this is a very fruitful topic for the Trump campaign to be pushing all the way through the election. And I think it's a a well-established fact, at least for those that follow and those that are going to see the film are going to get more of insight on this. But it it is a very typical, commonplace approach for China to target the family members of U.S. politicians in order to curry favor. 
Well, China has been doing this throughout Asia and throughout the Pacific region, in Singapore, in Thailand, in Malaysia, in India. When they want to get something out of a politician, they start doing favors for the family members of that politician. Now, this kind of lazy, this type of corruption is quite common in much of the world. But, of course, it's horrific in the United States. It's not, we're not even talking about the kind of legal swamp that we often refer to in this country. We're talking about the Clintons and now the Bidens offshoring the corruption and collecting money from foreign entities. Yeah, and just to add to that, I am looking at a tweet that's probably about 90 minutes old from Paul Sperry, and it says, Breaking, Joe Biden is the subject subject of an active federal criminal investigation in his role with the counterintelligence investigation directed at the Trump campaign during the 2016 election, including the former vice president's activities with Ukraine and Ukrainian witnesses are cooperating. I'd love to get your reaction to that, being that it, uh, you're quite the expert on the topic, and this is happening as of 90 minutes ago. Oh, it's the Ukrainians confirming from their side that they were paying off Hunter Biden. I mean, Hunter Biden, let's remember, has no experience in energy. He has no experience in the Ukraine. So what the heck is he doing as a board member uh, of a Ukrainian oil company, gas company? Uh, And the answer is it's a payoff to Biden. That's so obvious. Now, during the impeachment hearings, the media kept saying, oh, no, 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 that that has nothing to do with it. That's that's irrelevant. (coughs) Excuse me. That's irrelevant. So it's very difficult for them to report on this kind of thing, because not only does it illuminate the corruption of Biden, but it also illuminates the stupidity of the media. I couldn't agree with you more. Something else that I think is relevant here is that oftentimes people, critics of the president or supporters of Biden say, well, you know, the Trump kids have made lots of money off of their father's name. And my response to that is typically, yeah, but these are private business people that actually have a business. They've created something, not just a shell corporation because my dad was vice president and you're kind of funneling or washing cash uh, in a bribe or a political donation my way, kind of like the Clintons did, as you alluded to. Uh, how do you respond to that? Well, first of all, I mean, look at Eric Trump. He's actually running the Trump companies, and it's quite customary in in the history of American entrepreneurship. And by the way, this goes back to craftsmen in the Middle Ages to Mm -hmm. teach your kids the family business. They move into it. They prove competent in running it. The real question is, can they make it bigger than it was before? I mean, this applies to Trump himself. His father was a successful businessman, but not as successful as Trump. His father had a brand, but not half as big as Trump. So Trump himself is an example of someone who did better than his parents and is trying to cultivate it. So there's nothing wrong with this at all. Now, contrast this with Biden. Did he invent the iPhone? No. Did he build the Trump Tower or the Woolman Rink? No. The guy's actually created nothing. He's been in politics on a government salary all his life. So how do you explain the fact that he has multiple homes, domestic staff, access to private planes? And the answer is he's been he's turned politics itself into a business. He has cashed in on his office, whereas Trump donates his salary. Yeah. Now, the film again, we're on with Dinesh D'Souza. He's the filmmaker who's put out this brand new movie, and I urge you to watch it. Trump Card. Dinesh, tell everybody how they can uh, watch the movie. 
Go to trumpcardthemovie.com. You can watch a trailer. You can order a physical DVD. Now, on October 9th, the movie is available on demand, which means it'll be available on Amazon Prime, on Google. It'll be available on Apple iTunes, on Dish Network. It's sort of a pay-per-view. You can either rent the movie or buy it. October 9th is the date, and trumpcardthemovie.com is how you watch this movie. It's not in the theaters. You have to watch it at home. You can watch it on any device, although I prefer you watch it on a big screen TV. TV because I made it for the big screen. Right. And uh, just as somebody who's watched your films in the past, I definitely vouch for the production quality. It's an excellent job that you always do. Now, Dinesh, I guess let's um, give it a final word uh, to you. What's the um, ultimate message that you're trying to send in the film? Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. The message I'm trying to send is that at the end, what the left wants is not merely economic confiscation, but complete cultural conformity. They want to force us to live in their world. They want to control what we think, how we worship, whether we own a gun. So it's not just our money. It's also our basic civil liberties and civil rights that are at stake. I think we need to stop them. We also need to teach them a lesson. And that means we need to teach them that this kind of gangsterism doesn't pay. We start giving them that message in November 3rd, and then we keep giving it to them for four more years. (laughs) Government gangsterism. I like that. What are your thoughts tonight with Kamala Harris versus VP Biden? The key for, for Pence, I believe, is to be courageous and tough and fearless because he doesn't want to be a conventional Republican. He is a gentleman, and that's a good thing. But if Kamala Harris pulls the gender card or the race card, as I suspect she would, he should not respond in the traditional Republican way of going into the fetal position under the table. <laughs> he should strike back with confidence. I know his tone is more modulated than Trump, mm-hmm. but nevertheless, he can be extremely effective if he can show some bravery tonight. I agree. And I guess last one, this one's a little bit off topic, but breaking news being that uh, I am of Puerto Rican heritage and the governor of Puerto Rico recently yesterday endorsed the president. How do you think that's going to impact the Hispanic vote in the 2020 race? Well, I think it's just one of those little signs, and there are now many of them, that really suggests that something very big is underway, that Trump's idea of making an open pitch for the black vote and the minority vote is starting to sink through. My wife is Venezuelan, but she grew up in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas, very blue, 90% Hispanic, and there are huge Trump trains of cars, cars upon cars upon cars of Latino Americans. These are Mexican Americans, but they're for Trump, and my wife says, I've never seen anything like this before i couldn't agree with you more i think that's exactly what's going on i see a lot of enthusiasm again the movie is trump card the movie.com that's the website trump card the movie.com he's dinesh d'souza i'm rich valdez you're listening to this is america dinesh thank you so much for joining us today America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. 
All right, New York, welcome back. Thank you for sticking with us for this second half. Our telephone number is 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC. Now, you just heard from Dinesh D'Souza. That was uh, something we recorded just two days ago because the movie was coming out, and I wanted you to uh, get a glimpse of that, and I definitely want you to check out trumpcardthemovie.com. And it's interesting in the analysis that he gave pre-debate how he said, you know, Mike Pence should use his gentlemanly manner as a strength rather than as a weakness. And I think we all saw that happen with the vice president clearly just dominating in this debate with Kamala Harris, quite evidently, in my opinion, being just out of her league, outwitted, outmatched politically. And it was really uh, enjoyable for me to watch. I got to watch that live right here at the studio of uh, Talk Radio 77 WABC. I was guest hosting the John Batchelor show with, good evening, John Batchelor. And when I get to do some guest hosting with John Batchelor, a very good evening to you. When I do get that opportunity, I love to use my John Batchelorisms. So when he says, a very good evening to you, I say, buenas noches, John Batchelor. And it's just a lot of fun. But... Before we do that, I am going to get to your calls. I see the call board is lighting up, so I thank you for giving us a call. I wouldn't be me, right, my alter ego, Mr. Call Screener. I get to hang up on people all across America when they say things that just don't match up with, um, you know, what we're talking about on the air. So I'm definitely going to get to your calls, and I want to hear what you have to say on all the topics we discussed. Now, something else I wanted to mention was on Friday. On Friday, in my alter ego, ego role of Mr. Call Screener, we, uh, at the Mark Levin Show, which you can hear right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC every Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 p.m., we're expecting the president, Donald Trump, Donaldus Magnus, El Trumpito. He was Mark's guest on Friday night. And, you know, when the White House arranges a, a interview, call-in, whatever it is, there's like 75 people, right, that, that engineer this type of thing. And, you know, somebody calls in and says, hello. Like the first time it was like this. Uh, hello, this is the military aide to the president. Please hold for the president. And I was like, wow, that's freaking cool. I think I'm scared. You know, and another time B- Vice President Pence called in and I picked up the phone. He's like, yep, this is uh, the aide to Vice President Pence. We're calling from the White House Communications Center. Could you uh, just um, – confirmed that we have a secured line. I was like, yeah, sure. I was like, wow, he's really fancy. You know, talk about having a secretary. Now, so we're scheduled to have Donaldus Magnus, El Trumpito, El Presidente, Donald J. Trump, the 45th president of these United States. He's scheduled to call in at 6.03. And, you know, so we're there doing prep, doing what we do, me and Mr. Producer. Big shout out to Mr. Producer. And the phone rings. And it's 5.53, so I'm like, oh, it's probably our other guest because we had another guest after Trump in the third hour of the show. I pick it up. I'm like, hey, Mark Levin Show. And he's, hello, it's Donald Trump. And I was like, for real? (laughs) I thought somebody knew he was coming on and was trying to play me because, you know, it sounded like him, but, you know, it sounded like me doing him. You know, I was like, hold on a second. And he was like, yes, I'm calling in for the interview. (laughs) I was like, oh, snap. I was like, sir, you're a little early, you know, Mr. President. Thanks for the call. And he was like, oh, he said, what do we do? I was like, uh, he's like, should we just talk for a few minutes? I was like, seven minutes with the president of the United States? Hey, who's a better guy than me? So let me tell you, we we were shooting the breeze. We talked about everything from my parents being born in Puerto Rico to different things. Now, we talked about 
you know, oh, yeah, and by the way, I have a, my own show at WABC. I, it's doing, he says, how's the show doing? I, I say, oh, it's terrific. It's doing great. I love it. Uh, matter of fact, I tell him, we had Don Jr. on the show. And he goes, oh, how did that go? How did Don Jr. do? I said, oh, he's terrific. He's, you know, he's rapid fire. He knows his facts. He's really sharp. He tells me, yeah, yeah, he's a great boy. And I'm like, you know, it was beautiful to see as a dad, him being proud of Don Jr. And then I look back after I, you know, hung up with the president and he went on with Mark. And I thought to myself, you know, why didn't I invite him on my show when I had him for seven minutes on the line? We were running out of things to talk about. But that was just a little bit of a... Uh, humble brag there because uh, I was really stoked to speak with the President of the United States. Not the first time I have spoken with him before and uh, it was a really enjoyable conversation and it was the the segue to what I want to talk about because yes, you can check out that interview. It's all over WABCradio.com. Make sure you do that. But the next day, I was invited to the White House. So I said, oh, snap. I'm, you know, I'm going to the White House. So I went down to the White House and it was, a, it was a really wonderful time. It was the Blexit Foundation, which was founded by Candace Owens, a conservative activist, and Brandon Tatum, a retired Arizona police officer. They started this uh, black exit from the Democrat Party known as Blexit. And the Blexit Foundation put on a really amazing event. There was a rally outside of the, the White House in the park in Lafayette Park across the street. And then... Uh, a march or what we called a peaceful protest where we marched wearing blue shirts and big, you know, police lives matters uh, flags and walked over to the White House where there was an incredible amount of security. Everybody was required to wear a mask. Matter of fact, here's a little inside baseball. I, wa- I walked in with a group of people and we were all Hispanic. So I can't say they targeted me because I was brown. You know, we were all brown. However... They were like, sir, step over to the side, please. And I was like, you're kidding, right? And and they were like, no, step over to the side, please. And I was like, what do you do when you got a guy that's SWAT team, secret service? You know, you're like, all right, bro. No, you know, sure. So I go over to this uh, other section and they're like, this is pretty routine, but your driver's license says Richard and your RSVP says Rich. And I was like, oh, man. What happens now? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So that took literally they did an on the spot, rather in-depth background check again. And about nine minutes later, they were like, Mr. Valdez, you can enter the ellipse. And I went into the ellipse and it was really cool. Walking through the White House, stuff you've seen on TV uh, is so much nicer in real life. And I, I have so much audio of the president giving this tremendous speech However, I'm going to reenact it for you. Now, not because I love the sound of my voice, which I do, but because I was driving back from D.C. in my car and I couldn't send all the audio over to our expert engineering team of Kyle and Get Loose Bruce. So that's on me. However, the point of this it was the president, and the president is there giving kudos to law enforcement because this wasn't a political event. This was about law enforcement. And speaking of law enforcement, I do want to give a quick shout-out to Bill, the supervisor at the FBI field office at JFK Airport. Bill is a colleague of my brother who is a federale, and uh, 
I heard he listens to the show. So, Bill, a big shout-out to all of my guys in the FBI, a big shout-out to all of the guys in the NYPD, a big shout-out to everybody in law enforcement. I've got family in law enforcement. We have a second generation of family in law enforcement. And I even spent some time, you know, putting out cones, directing traffic, and doing some volunteer cop stuff myself. So uh, I have nothing but respect for the police. And with that being said, this Back the Blue event that happened in Washington – was really, really amazing. You should check it out. There was 2,000 blacks and Latinos up and down Pennsylvania Avenue marching through the park that's uh, connected to the White House, Lafayette Park, right across the street. And it really was uh, just a beautiful thing to see peaceful protests that actually were peaceful. There were no fires. There were no riots. Nothing happened. Nobody was on their knee. There was no fist in the air. It was truly peaceful supporting the men and women of law enforcement because the message of law and order gets lost so often in today's narrative. And that's not something that we should allow, in my opinion, to uh, to get lost or to get drowned out by the noise. But I did promise you that we were going to do some calls. So we're going to do a couple of calls and then we're going to swing it on right back. Let's go to Andy in Staten Island. What's going on, brother? Wow, it's, that was a great story about Trump. Oh, thank you. It really was. Let me tell you, he, you know, on TV, he's he's like a TV star, you know. But in real life, he's just a, a large and in charge boss because he is. But he's actually a very humble and nice guy. Yeah, I remember when Mark met him, and he said the same exact thing. He's like a regular guy. He is sit down next to me. Yeah, yeah. So, what's on your mind tonight? I just wanted to check in with you about the Camilla debate with Mike Pence. Well, what, you, what were your thoughts about that, Andy? What did you think about it? I did a whole show on it. You guys should check it out at um, wabcradio.com. We did a whole debate analysis post-debate, and then we did another one the next day, and I did one with Lydia Saranai, who's coming up next, by the way. Lydia Saranai, she is uh, terrific. The lovely Lydia Saranai and I did a great show. Um, I don't know if you can get that one on WABCradio.com, but we the other stuff that's on This Is America, you can definitely check it out. But ultimately, I believe that Kamala Harris uh, started off strong and really started to run out of steam very quickly. She basically held on by her fingernails, and it was uh, a joy for me to see because of my partisan leanings. I don't like her or her policies, so I was happy to see her crash and burn like she's going to crash and burn in November after they try and steal the election and try to sue the pants off everybody, but we're still going to pull it through. Andy, you're the man. We thank you for the call. And uh, let's do one more right here. Andrew in New Jersey. What's up, man? It's Rich Valdez. Hey, what's up, Rich? Yeah, I like how you explain the difference between Trump's kids getting business work because of their name and Biden's kids who are doing it through the government in a corrupt and probably illegal way. There's no comparison. Yeah, with the two. you're right. And uh, I, I love D'Souza. His films are great. His, my wife's an Asian immigrant, and we go see the films. She loves his films and relates to it. And um, like you said about Trump's kids, I told Dinesh, you didn't build that film. Someone else was responsible, <laughs> like Obama said. But what I really loved with uh, America, Imagine the World Without Her, he does like a mock recreation where he goes to the Democrat headquarters and he, he says, what's Abraham Lincoln doing? His, his portrait, he was the founder, one of the Republican Party, and he explains how they try to invert history 
and they hide that they were the party of slavery and Jim oh, Crow. Yeah. And Dinesh pretends he's opening like old boxes, and he file, finds the slavery documents and the shackles. So there's, well, there's don't a, give the whole thing away. <laughs> Andrew, right? Because then nobody's going to watch it. But thanks, brother. We always appreciate hearing from you. You're listening to Talk Radio 77 WABC. I am Rich Valdez. Your calls and more when we come back. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. We are New York on New York's Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now it's Rich Valdez. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, New York, what's up? Welcome back. 1-800-848-WABC. I am Rich Valdez, the aforementioned Rich Valdez with an S, El Conservador. And if you want to see some of the video that I took on my shaky handheld cell phone video right there on the great lawn of the White House with Donaldus Magnus giving his speech, you can check it out at Rich Valdez. I have an exclusive video up there. Go check it out. Let me know what you think. Now, as promised, we're going to get to your calls. Let's go to Rose in New York City. Rose, you're on with Rich Valdez. Hi, Rich. Um, it's me, Rose, and I just had two points I wanted to make. Of course. Two good points. First of all, you were talking about a movie that's on that people should watch, and uh, the person was describing it. For me, I'm going to watch Dave Zayas, and I'm going to watch the, the the show that they had. Um, it was like a hurricane, uh, Mel Gibson and Dave Zayas, which um, it's something oh, about a hurricane that, in Puerto Rose. Rico. It's kinda- What's your next point? Um, that's that's something that I'm going to watch when I go home. But that that's just that's just one of the things. So, Mel Gibson is probably I'm going to go into the. All right. I don't know what's going on with Rose, but we're not talking about Mel Gibson. I try. I really do. I, I, you know, I'm going to have to get a little clock, like a Jeopardy clock, to say, you know, this is how many seconds you have to get to the point. But all right, let's uh, move over to um, the next call, which is going to be. Uh, Michael in Manhattan. Michael, what's on your mind? Hey. Okay. Rich, first of all, I'm going to nominate you as Valdez-Dittorian of the airwaves. Say that again. I'm going to nominate you as Valdez-Dittorian of the airwaves. You know, Michael, I think that has a ring to it. The Valdez-Dittorian of talk radio. Yes. You know why? I am trademarking it. Thanks, brother. Thank, because I'm extremely perspicacious, but I have a sense of humility, so I'll let others like you compliment me. <laughs> you will let me appropriate your thoughts. Thank you. <laughs> but one other, one other important thing. Yes, sir. Um, I would like to send you an email. I just got it. It's um, quoting the Democratic Manifesto citing page numbers. Oh, wow. I'd love to see that. Yeah, and this is for everybody. If you don't like to call because you're shy and you're more of like a Me? Shy? No, I'm just saying for the other callers. Some of them, you know, are Twitter tough guys instead of telephone tough guys. Uh, I'm happy to receive all of your mail. And my email is rich.valdez, V-A-L-D-E-S, at wabcradio.com, rich.valdez, at wabcradio.com. Rich, period. 
Yep, V-A-L-D-E-S at WABCRadio.com. Thank you, Michael, for that terrific uh, uh, slogan. I think that we're going to create a tribe, not just me, but I think all of our listeners are going to become Valdez Detorians. I think that's pretty cool. we got to smooth it out, but I think you're, you're on to something there. All right, we're going to get uh, to another call with respect to Hispanics, which uh, was right on topic with the Blexit rally. So let's go to Annie in the Bronx. Hi, Rich. Hey, Thank you. What's on your mind? Yeah. Well, yeah, I was thinking, you know, someone like President Trump says I, I've come to the conclusion he is an exposer. He is not a divider. Now, you don't and, mean he's exposing, exposing himself, right? Because mm-hmm. he's not doing that. He's exposing other people. He's exposing other people, yeah, yeah and everything else. Uh, so many things that we were um, were glossed over, and now we realize he red-pilled us, you know, which is a wonderful thing. Like him or hate him or whatever, for our own sake, he's good. And, and I think he's been very good to African Americans and Hispanic communities, especially with the whole concept of nuclear family. I because- think you're right, especially on the concept of the nuclear family. When you have Black Lives Matter that has put it as part of their charter, as part of their mission, that they want to go in and eliminate the nuclear family, of course we're going to need to step up. And you're right, Annie, that we have to have a leader that's not afraid to say, you know what, I'm going to stick up for what I believe is right. And in my opinion, the family, at least the nuclear family, uh, the family altogether is right. So Annie from the Bronx, thank you for that. Let's uh, move it on to John in Staten Island. John, what's on your mind? John? Topic regards to uh, the voting situation. Sure, what's on your When mind? California had illegal driver's licenses, they handed them to say they can only vote in their local uh, elections, and there were stories that people had voted in presidential elections who were illegal. The people who are legally citizens that came from countries have the opportunity to vote for the freedom of this country, but the New York uh, state gave out illegal licenses this year. And I don't know how many other Democratic states have given illegal licenses to vote. Oh. You know what, John? You're on to something there. And this is something we've talked about on the show before because de Blasio said, you know what? If it's going to be a municipal election, municipal elections like um, city council races, he said it doesn't matter if you're an undocumented immigrant or illegal alien. It, it didn't matter. He was saying that for other offices that were outside of his jurisdiction, then, you know, that's up to them. But as far as he's concerned, if you live here, you can vote. I think that's insanity. You're right. They've given them now driver's licenses. You know, for my kid, when she turned 17 to get a driver's license, it was more difficult for her being born in America than it is for people that are born anywhere else that have come into the country through the back door. So no disagreement from me. Thank you for the call, my brother. Let's go to caller one, Carolyn in Manhattan. What's on your mind, Carolyn? Oh, hi, Rich. Um, Well, I was just calling to address your uh, original statement about toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. and machismo. Um, I don't, um, toxic is a negative connotation Mm -hmm. to masculinity. Masculinity, and it doesn't belong together. Masculinity and machismo, I think, are one and the same. You know, you want a man to be a man, and I think that's whether you're in here in America. You know, it's just that's a Spanish word, right? Machismo. Yes. 
So, I mean, it seems to me like it's both the same thing. It's just the toxic, whoever's saying that, is just putting a very negative spin on it. I think you're right, uh, Carolyn, and I thank you for the call. I think you're hitting the nail on the head. And to me, what happens here is they're making it negative, which I would turn around and argue to them and say, so if you're saying that my masculinity is toxic and I say that my masculinity is machismo, then you, in effect, are racist. You are racist against me because my culture chooses to be macho. That's a part of our culture. And... Of course, I would be criticized for that, but they can say everything else is racist, all of that stuff. Now, before we go, I wanted to share a couple of thoughts with you because the Bernie bros, and by the Bernie bros, I mean people that, you know, think Bernie Sanders is some sort of cultural icon and don't realize that he's allowed Marxism to seep into our culture and really destroy so much of what's good and holy in life in America. But the Bernie bros have done a number on whites and blacks and Hispanics and Asians who love America. And now they hate America. And a lot of people think that this election right here is the most important election ever, and it is. That's why everybody has to pay attention to what's going on. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for absolutely anything. Until next week, America, I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade.